0: How are we doing? Just before we start this podcast, uh, this podcast is a call to action. So the link for the repeal review, the uh, abortion rights campaign is in the bio. would appreciate if you click on it and maybe make your submission as well. It's important. A uh, little bit of housekeeping as well. Look, no ads, no sponsors, just me asking you to support us. So it's patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. It's how we pay the bills. It's how we stay editorial and uh, independent. Editorial free, I suppose, interference free. Uh, and just uh, if you're around the Easter Bank holiday weekend come see us live the Tortoise Shack is back in the Sugar Club Uh, tickets are on sale now at eventbrite.ie so if you go to eventbrite.ie throw in Tortoise Shack uh, tickets are there and look forward to seeing lots of you for another fantastic night of podcasts and a bit of crack Um, thanks for the support do click the link on this pod. Do try and uh, get your raise your voice because this this is very important as you'll hear in the pod. Thanks to the wonderful women for for uh, putting up with me. Oh, and we're back tomorrow for the live show uh, with our pa- patrons. So if you're around at midday tomorrow, click the link, and uh, it promises to be another big uh conversation we have a lot to cover uh not just ukraine a lot more going on as well talk to you soon hello and welcome to the echo chamber podcast my name is tony groves and yeah he's off sick again folks um martin's birthday so happy birthday and uh I- guess what he got? He got COVID. Um, but look, we, we do wish him well. Uh, it's, it's, it's timely. I'm going to say this, this is terrible, but he was due in on April Fool's Day for, for uh, talking about an operation that he needs. So maybe, maybe at the timing of this is good that he'll at least have this out of his, out of his lack of hair and we can get on with things. One other, one other reminder, uh, Easter bank holiday weekend. We are back in the sugar club live. So tickets are available now on eventbrite.ie. So head over to eventbrite.ie and, and check for the tortoise shack. You will, Find them there, and it's going to be another great night. Honest to God, um, I I love the live shows, uh, and if you if you're around town, if you're in Dublin, you want to you want to have a good evening out. It, I I I would recommend them, but then again, that's that's part of my job. Um, anyway, look, enough self praise. I am delighted to be joined by a panel of power packed women. Um, I'm 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 really outnumbered this morning. I, I'm joined by Evie Murphy, who's the co-convener of Together for Safety. Uh, we've got Karen Sugru, who is also involved together Together for Safety, and is a sociology lecturer. And uh, longtime listeners would be very familiar with our other guest, Dr. Jennifer Kavanaugh, who's a constitutional and, electra, and and electoral law expert. And and ladies, thanks of all first of all, all of you for coming on and talk, having this conversation. It's very timely. Thanks for
1: having this us on, Tony. So
0: uh, Evie I'm going to the reason I said it's very timely is because the repeal review is is it's imminent uh, I we've spoken about this on the podcast several times I think we've we, you know Holly Cairns was flagging it way back uh, as, as things have getting, been getting closer but I mean if you could just if, if listeners are unaware if you've been living under a rock guys maybe uh, Evie, if you could just give us uh, uh, first of all what's happening and why why people need to give a shit
2: Sure. So many people think that in 2018 when we voted yes, uh, abortion is legal, that's it, put down our tools, we've won, game over. And unfortunately, that's not the case. So when the, the law came into place, the government said that everything would be reviewed within three years. And that review is currently happening at the moment. So what the government are doing is they're looking at what is and in most cases what isn't working around abortion provision. So uh, there's a public consultation happening at the moment where any member of the public or different organisations can put in their opinions on what is or isn't working around the abortion provision and legislation. So things like the three day wait, that's something that there is no medical reason why we should have a three day wait. So when um, a pregnant person calls their GP, says that they want an abortion, they have to wait three days and come back again. There is no medical reason for this. So this is something that we think we believe should not be um, part of abortion services. There's many different things, such as the safe access zones, which is what Together for Safety is. uh, It's our main campaign and what we want to, to talk about specifically.
0: Karen, can I ask you? You, with like, obviously, in terms of we talk about the repeal review, the importance of it. I, I don't know most listeners. I'd imagine if you listen to this, you you read uh, you read the likes of um, the the reports that come out. But there was also uh, a an emotive piece, I'd say, by Eva Grace, more recently in the Examiner, that spoke about the fact that everything that you were warned about, we warned you, you know, in, in twenty eighteen, we warned you in twenty seventeen. It's all come to pass, and this is why the repeal review is important because of. These are not um these are not numbers on a page. These are not opinions now. These absolute these these are people who are these are pregnant people who are enduring trauma for for things that we were avoidable uh when we when the legislation was passed.
1: Yeah, I mean Tony, one of the things that that brought me into activism is that I'm a psychotherapist and um I'm very, very aware of the impact of trauma on, on people. And I have to say, I mean, the piece, obviously, that for Grace Moore ran, it was excellent, but... The fact, and the woman who shared her experience was so brave, but the fact that we are here again having to ask vulnerable people to share their grief with the nation, to convince legislators, to allow us to have the healthcare that is our right, is really abhorrent. And we have constantly had to do this, to bleed our grief and trauma over the national airwaves in a way that not only traumatizes the person who's telling their story, but traumatizes everybody else who hears it, who's had a similar experience. So it's it's really dreadful that we're here again in the lead up to this review. And I think it says a lot. We did not, in fact, have the great victory in 2018 that we thought we had. And we have lost ground
0: well, I, I, again, I. That's. I'm going gonna, gonna to actually push back a bit. See, we did have the great victory. The numbers were overwhelming. Unfortunately, when when everybody just thought, as as Evie outlined at the beginning, that's it. It's done. It was never done. It was. It was just, you know, the 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 battlegrounds had shifted, and and maybe Jennifer, you might comment on 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 you know th- this before I ask you about the safe access zones.
3: Yeah. Well, it's it's almost a. a nearly a law now of uh, the way law is developed and reformed that you have periods of great liberalisation, you have a conservative pushback, and then you have to have a liberal pushback again. So, for example, in the 1970s, we had the McGee case where contraceptives were finally properly legalised and regulated for married couples, for single people still took until the 90s until you could just go in and buy a condom, but that was a different story. But in the 70s, you had that liberalisation on various different aspects of law, human rights, constitutional law. And then in the 80s, then you had the pushback, which was actually putting in the Eighth Amendment because those who would be at the conservative tradition felt that Ireland was going too liberal. And it will keep going on and on like this. And for example, even in divorce, where the time limits are now something that is for the responsibility of the Oireachtas, That in 10 years' time, you could have a very conservative government coming in that's trying to push it to living apart for 20 out of the previous 10 years, which is effectively a bar on divorce. Or you could have a really liberal government coming in and saying, actually, look, if we didn't talk to each other for the past half hour, we'll say that was living apart. Mm -hmm. So I know that kind of simplifies the whole thing very much, but it is always something that just because it's done, just because it goes into the Constitution doesn't mean that it is there as a guaranteed cert because the other side of it is then, depending on the judiciary, now our Supreme Court isn't as political as the U.S. Supreme Court, but we don't know what way things might change or reform might come in. So people who believe in things, be it you know, liberal access to contraceptives, divorce, uh, termination services, It is pretty much a never ending story, unfortunately, because you always have to be aware of the culture and how it's changing and how just being politically active and just being watchful. I mean, just the amount of uh, young people that wouldn't even have a news app on their phone just to get an idea of what's going on and what matters to you and making sure that what matters to you is still there in 20 years, the way you hope hope it is right now, that's something everyone has to watch. When,
0: I, when I'm when like, i like, I think I'm right. You might have all tell me, Tony, you're in Egypt, but I think it was Roe versus Wade, 1973. And Yeah, exactly. And, and, and there was a lot of
3: cross-pollination between the Irish and the US Supreme Court. In fact, I was only talking to my students about this yesterday. And the fear in Ireland was that because McGee was marked a privacy bringing contraception, That the next thing would be the Irish Road v. O'Wade and that that would then lead to privacy rights, including a right to termination. And that is what was the, the catalyst for the political movement for those who wouldn't be in favour of termination services to then lobby the government to put in a constitutional prohibition.
0: Yeah. And, and I think it's again, and the reason I bring that up is because we only have to look at, you know, I think it's SB8 in Texas now and the heartbeat law. We, 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 we will get to that. But I suppose if I come to you again, Evie, on specifically together for safety and the safe access zones. And I want to frame this and you may, you may, um, uh, just, just tell me to shut up. But recall, it was it was something that was pushed for in the program for government. I know members of the Green Party were were active in trying to make sure it was done, and then very quietly it was said, "Oh, look, it's it's on in in implementable, so uh, we can't do that." And rumors came out, reports were in the newspapers that it wasn't going to happen, and then other people uh, said, "Well, actually, you know, this is this is a this is something that we feel strongly about." Can you, first of all? Tell, give me the idea what, where Together for Safety is coming from at this, what you want to see, and then maybe we can go to Karen and Jennifer on the, uh, on how that, that, that business of it not being something that could be implemented within the constitutional realm as well.
2: Sure. So Together for Safety, we started in Limerick in around October, 2020, and it was in response to anti-choice protests and activities that were happening on a daily basis outside Limerick Maternity Hospital. And this was even through the level five COVID restrictions, which seems like a very distant memory at the moment. Um, but we we got to talking and we were thinking we were promised this. So when we won repeal in 2018, we were promised we would have safe access. Safe access zones legislated for. Simon Harris said that we would get them. Then there was the election and we were still supposed to get them. It's in the programme for government. It's in the manifesto for the Green Party and I think Fianna Gael. Um, However, it did get very quiet um, with uh, the Department of Health and last year, I think it was a week that myself and Karen tried to take a week off. There was a report saying that there's no need for safe access zones, it's not going to happen. And then I think there was such uproar, which was wonderful for us to see that the public do actually believe in the need for safe access zones and that they're needed. Um, there was a, a U-turn very quickly by um, Stephen Donnelly, Minister for Health and the Department of Health that actually they are going to put in safe access zones. However, there hasn't been the, the work on their side, but together for safety, we are doing the work. And for people that don't know, a safe access zone, basically what we're asking for is we're asking for a 100 metre radius around any um, health care facility or maternity hospital, anywhere that provides abortion services for people where no anti-choice protests or activities can take place. So that includes any communication about abortion whatsoever. So there can't be any congregating, any kind of witnessing, any any, uh, recording, any signs, anything like that. So what we did when we got together is we um, said, okay, we need legislation. So how do we do that? Let's get some people together and see what we can do.
0: Um, just Karen, I, I might ask you to comment, but I just—something well, strikes me that um, when we the earlier conversation that uh, Jennifer you pointed out that you have a a liberal reaction, then you have a conservative pushback. One of the things that that I saw um, <laughs> I saw earlier when I, in Texas was that they, they were looking to, to organize what they're calling a maternity ranch. And, uh, these are private individuals who are well funded organizing what they're calling maternity ranches where people who, who maybe haven't got the greatest frame of mind to, to understand the reproductive choices that they're taking. And, uh, and this is something that, that is actually ongoing. So it just shows you that the, you know, the, Teams of people watching where these things can happen, and then hopefully whisking people off to a maternity ranch to 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 talk to them better about it. Karen, I, um, just specifically on the safe access zones, I, the idea that they weren't needed, which is what was floated in the, in the media, is look, we don't need to do them; they're, they're they're not necessary. How did you feel about that when you when you saw it and and you you countenance it with the actual stories of people's lived experiences?
1: Well, I suppose because myself, and Evie are in Limerick and we are local to the protests, we were seeing them every day, so um, it, it was very easy for us to to immediately feel very passionate about this. Um, but can I just just about the the maternity ranches? And we think that an awful lot of things happening in Texas are very far away from our experiences here. But can I just t- give read a quote from Deputy Patter Tobin of INTO, who was on News Talk. Uh, the uh, last week with um, Deputy nasa Horrigan. Um And Deputy Tobin said that uh, we have women who have had abortions themselves going to these protests and offering economic and financial supports to mothers who are considering having an abortion. So Deputy Tobin was on the national radio talking about the types of protests that are happening in Ireland, and they are not very far from what you just described, Tony. And we know that it is a very, very slippery path. Um, It is extraordinarily worrying to see the rollback of rights internationally at the moment. And it is very, very frightening to hear our elected reps going on the national airways and using language like this. So how do I feel when I'm told on the one hand um, by certain sectors, That these things A don't happen at all, or B, if they do, they're just a few praying people, and would we not leave them alone? Um, or C that there's there's really no problem. And at the other side of it, we're also told that there are people turning up outside hospitals offering financial support to women and pregnant people. So there's a contradiction here. There is either protests or there are not. If there are protests, uh, which of course there are, then we need to address those. Um, and just a, one following thing, and I think this is really important because there is an issue of the balance of rights here. Um, people have of course the right to protest and we're really passionate about protecting that right to protest. Huge amount of work done by, by the wonderful Jennifer and Tina, um, and and teams across the country have been around uh, protecting this. But there's also the right to access um, healthcare in privacy and uh, respect. And the right to access healthcare is actually linked to the place where we have to go, whereas the right to protest, not necessarily. So, what we're asking simply is that there be an area around hospitals and clinics in which no protest or activities related to abortion take place. People, we would highly, highly support people to protest everywhere else. And also the same applies to praying. Um, People can pray in lots of places. They don't necessarily need to pray right outside the doors of hospitals and clinics and GPs. So there is a lot of contradictions here, and I think it's very important to get the the of yeah.
0: straight. Jennifer, we're going to come to you obviously because the, the 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 crucial issue there is the conflict of, you know, the the right to protest, the right to 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 right to assemble, all of these things and yet, yet the right to privacy because even when we mentioned Roe versus Wade, one of the things that's undermined it is is how it's been undermined the last successfully in the US is that right to privacy being taken away uh, and those decisions and, you know, one of the is what is one of the the acts whereby you can essentially rat on someone for traveling to, and if you don't, you can be the person who's fined. Like, so an Uber driver technically could be done for ten grand uh, um, for for bringing someone to a clinic. Uh, so, I mean, that conflict obviously, and I use that word probably unfortunately, given the, the real the con the conflict that I was covering in Ukraine only this morning. But nonetheless, that conflict of of, of opinion rages on. Your constitutional head on you, um, tell me how do we balance these.
3: Well, just what you were saying there on the Uber driver being, you know, expected to rat on someone. When we had the X case, the original High Court injunction was given out to say that the girl couldn't travel to England. Customs officers were wondering, do we have to pregnancy test every woman who's leaving the country of the age where they could possibly be pregnant and accessing termination services? So we look at an American, we say, God, that's crazy. When we were actually in that space ourselves, so we also have to kind of remember what we've come from. But I mean, there is there's no right in the Constitution that's absolute. I mean, even the right to life is not absolute. If you're charging at the Gardaí with a gun that they can actually use lethal force. So there's no such thing as I have an absolute right. Nobody can contradict my rights. The only place where that exists is freedom from torture in the UN Convention on Human Rights, because there is no reason for anyone to be tortured. So everything has to be balanced. I mean, you have a right to a good name, but you also have a right to freedom of expression and that has to get balanced. And like Karen's completely right on what she said about, you know, like repealing the eighth came out of protest. So why would people who get things changed through protest want protest banned for everyone else? You know, that that's a, a ridiculous statement for the other side to be throwing out, because if you don't have proper rights to talk about what you want to talk to have a protest, you have a grouping, you don't actually have a democracy to begin with. So, these are rights nobody wants to interfere with on irrational or spurious grounds. So, there is nothing in it that is there that is saying that we don't want people protesting. It's just people have that right to space. And the thing is, if you look at elections, and this was something that uh, a lot of people became aware of during the repeal the eighth uh, vote. You can't go into a polling station where your T-shirt's saying repeal because it's a safe zone for people to have their thoughts and go in and have the privacy of the ballot box to make their decision. So anyone who was going in with a repeal or anti-repeal or whatever they were dressed up in or badges or stickers all had to come off because people need that space to make their decision, the ballot box. And why is it any different that women or pregnant people or their partners who are going with them or people who are supporting them are in a position whereby they can have stuff shoved in their face in what is a very emotional and very difficult time of their lives. So that is the whole idea behind it. And there was an article came out in the Irish Examiner over the weekend where it was said that the some officials in the Department of Health were saying that, oh, we can't bring in this law because it means somebody who's going with someone into a clinic is going to be arrested. Now, the first point is that is not what has been looked at because the legislation actually says repeatedly approaching, accompanying or following. If somebody is going in with you to hold your hand, they don't repeatedly come to you. They are going with you. And it's not a case that the guards are going to look around and say, oh, there's somebody walking with someone who's possibly pregnant. Arrest them. They have to be told by the, the guards will actually have to go and say, listen, what are you doing? Are you all right? In fact, the guards are not actually going to be going up to people and saying, what are you doing with someone? It's going to be a case of these people hanging around, making a menace of themselves, getting in people's faces. And if somebody is saying, well, I'm accompanying someone, I'm their relative, if you're getting in their face, well, maybe you shouldn't be there yourself anyway, because there's possibly another subtext going on there. And it's only a case that if they repeatedly fail to just back off, then will the guards actually come in? So this whole idea of if you're walking in with someone to give them moral support, you'll be arrested. Which, sure that's ridiculous. And it is absolute nonsense, but it's a wider point because some of the criticism that, that has been levied at this by the minister. And of course, the minister is entitled to criticize it. Uh, You know, I, I this is the first time I've been involved in creating legislation to this to this level, not saying any of us have anything perfect. But there has been no dialogue and it's a repeat of points that these are problems, these are problems coming up at various stages. And my point is, well, if she send us an email? Let's have a Zoom conversation about this and we'll get this sorted. And it actually goes into a much, much wider point of constitutional law, academics or activists trying to engage and make things better. The general answer is, should we can do that, that's unconstitutional or we need a referendum? we're only
0: we're, we're looking we're looking at that right now with the the only only yesterday um mercy law we're on with Rory talking about again again mm. ba- balancing uh, in, in the constitution the right to property with the right to a house the right to a home
3: exactly and i mean they were able to bring in stuff about it during the pandemic they what they've done is they've overbalanced against the common good which is a totally different concept to what it was in the 70s so housing everything healthcare It's constantly being thrown out. Oh, you can't do that. And if you push it as you need a referendum Mm. and all the other constitutional academics were always tearing our hair out because oh, the attorney general said, we can't do this. Why? We can't Mm. tell you. So there's this whole dialogue that needs to be. And it's not like constitutional academics like myself. Like maybe we are just troublemakers, but trying to do it nicely. But all of us, like at the end of the day, anyone who's a lecturer is a public servant. We want the country to run properly, you know, and if we can help out, we're delighted to pick up the phone and and chip in where we can. But the whole blocking and the whole conservative, you know, interpretations that's been done on so many things from safe access zones onwards. Uh, in layman's language, I would love to say, lads, get over yourselves and get on the phone because mm-hmm. nobody is there just to be picking holes for the sake of picking holes. There's enough people doing that in the doll and the Shannon, where, you know, in their areas but this, we need to be a lot more, well, this is what it says, and what can we do with it? And of course, one or two cases are going to be lost, but at least try and see what can be done instead of just wanting to change everything and referendums for everything.
0: I remember um, a couple of years ago when Ed Holohan was the head of the High Court, he literally sat to the left of me here and he told me that the that the that this nonsense of the right to uh, private property didn't need a referendum that he could you know they just need to put it in front of a judge to 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 work on thing and and he said we need to put that in front of a judge and then of course we're told no 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 can't be done can't be done and then lo and behold during covid all the things that couldn't be done because of the constitution could be done eviction bans rent freezes all of these things were possible i know i've digressed but it's i it's still it's still applicable i believe and evie just sort of final things on this and I suppose if I could really be uh, broad about it, you know, the, the call I suppose that you made at the beginning is the same call now. People should be going on and submitting their, 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 their views on, on this, be it whatever it is. What, what, are, what are you calling for yourself as, as, as a co-convener of Together for Safety?
2: I suppose if I could go back to, to just answer the, the other question, that the one bit that I, I didn't include is, um, We're being told that the current public order legislation is enough to deal with anti-choice protests and activities. And we actually know that this isn't the case. So we have been contacted by people who have rang the guards about anti-choice protesters and the guards have not been able to move them. We know that um, what has to happen is things have to get quite aggressive um, and kind of kick off before the guards are actually able to come in and do anything about anti-choice protesters. So they have to have the signs or be shouting. So our legislation and our bill will actually preempt that. So there won't be people allowed to be there in the first place. So nothing has to kick off. So I did did just want to make that point. Um, So the repeal review, it's really, really important. The current, um, the way abortion services are working, it's not working for people at the moment. Only 10 out of 19 maternity hospitals actually offer abortion services and one in 10 GPs. And I don't think it's I think it's in Sligo where people have to travel out of the county if they want to um, get an abortion, which is ridiculous. Because if you have a woman or a pregnant person with a disability or someone who's living rurally and then this is a three day wait. So you have to leave the county, go and talk to a GP, go back for three days, go again. There's a lot of these logistical things that just they're not working. There's the 12 week gestational limit. There's there's a lot of things that I suppose I could unpack and talk about, but I think the best thing to do is if you look at the abortion rights campaign, they recently released um, their submission. And if you look at all the pointers there and termination for medical reasons, they've also recently released their submission. And what's happening now with the legislation is that more people um, with fetal abnormalities have to travel than did pre-repeal, which is really, really awful state of affairs. So, if anyone cares about this, if anyone voted yes for repeal in 2018, we need you to get involved. We need you to submit um, your your piece and and help us out and make these changes so abortion is free, safe, legal, and local.
0: I have the um, I have the actual uh, abortion rights campaign uh, submission PDF. So we will add the, the link to, it to, to to the blurb. So if you want to have a look through it, folks by all means do it's it's important that you do it and it's it's it is shocking when you hear that we're in a situation now by post repeal where more people where more people have to travel with fatal fetal abnormalities than did previously that is something that we you know you would have thought was definitely not not going to happen i do before we wrap this i'd be interested to get your feelings about the way you know cuz i remember uh, Jan O'Sullivan saying you know we marched we marched, we marched and we will all, we'll have to always have to march every year it does seem that the conservative um, wins are are picking up the sales in many in many arenas now, be them internationally and be them a little bit more at home. Uh, this this is something that people again we we can't lose sight of. Uh, Karen, I might I might ask you for your feelings on it because. Again, you know, I saw in 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 Florida. Don't use the word "gay" in schools. These sort of simple things. These things are all related to to this uh, to this to this mindset. And, and Jennifer made the point: we end up with a conservative government in ten years' time, and something's in the power of the orochus. Well, all of those rights that you suddenly you have right now turns out they were they were they could be done away at the stroke of a pen.
1: Yeah, I, I mean. Unfortunately, Janice Sullivan, um, the wonderful Janice Sullivan is absolutely right. We are going to have to keep fighting forever. Um, and I think it's particularly worrying at the moment. We we're we're at the tail end of a couple of extraordinarily difficult years. Um it, there there is global trauma, really unprecedented global trauma and upheaval. And when you have Trauma and upheaval, and you have a, a, a certain openness to um, kind of uh, extremist thinking. This is kind of a well-known piece in in terms of of the precursors to extremism. So we have all of the social indicators that leave us open to. Con- the rise of conservative um, elements. And we are seeing that very clearly. We're seeing it obviously in America, we're seeing it in UK, we're seeing it globally, but we are also very clearly seeing it in Ireland. Um, it is, it's very related to the issue of, that we're looking at the safe access zones, but it's also related to, we're seeing the anti-maskers, we're seeing the anti-vaxxers, we're seeing the rise of um, homophobia and uh, racism. Um, And it's very worrying, it is extraordinarily worrying to see. So that's, on the one hand, I I find it very worrying, but, uh, you know, as as I suppose in in therapeutic communities, we do talk a lot about um, global trauma and the way in which that can be addressed. And I suppose the the way in which trauma, global trauma, community trauma like this can be addressed is talking about um, community and solidarity. And so the one piece that I do want to say, although I am very, very worried about these things, the one thing I do want to say is the amount of support that say, Together for Safety have got from people across the board. So we are talking about cross-party lines in a way that some people have said they've never seen cross-party line support for anything. Um, every single pa- party uh, and, and none, uh, People Before Profit, Labour, Sinn Féin, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, the Social Democrats, Independent TDs and Senators have all flocked to help us. Um, uh, legal experts like Jennifer and Tina, who have given up their in- enormously busy time to help us. Um, groups like the uh, Women's Council, the TFMR abortion rights campaign, Doctors for Choice, Lawyers for Choice, Rape Crisis Network, the Irish Family Planning Association, as well as human rights groups like the ICCL, who have been amazing and amnesty. And they've all reached out to us and given us the most enormous help and support. So... I think that in in any battle the lines are drawn and unfortunately that's where we we are at the moment the lines are drawn people mm. are tired people on our side are tired um, and that's the one piece that we have to to look at. It's not that the will isn't there anymore. It's just that the energy is low, I, and that's the piece I'm worried about.
0: I wouldn't be as worried as you are because I saw the I saw the reaction when um, Stephen Donnelly quietly said that we didn't need these things, and how quickly the the network came back together, how quickly the dissent came up, how quick. The only other thing I can equate it to is the is the anger towards the Mother and Baby Home report. How quickly, you know, quarter of a million bloody emails landed on on various tds desks and crashed the bloody doll server that is the that infrastructure is still there but it means jennifer um that the that the 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 battle goes on and when you see things like you know ireland generally fall follows behind and all of a sudden we're at the we, we seem to think you know we've had marriage equality we've had the repeal movement we're looking at you know um we're not looking at we should be looking at the citizens assembly for drugs we you know it's been delayed but we're doing these sort of pieces of legislation that we would have thought possibly you wouldn't see in catholic ireland and i used i'm using air quotes there folks but we have to be mindful that these pen these things can go move on a pendulum and start to move back the other way uh and and that is the, that's where the the, the challenge is so surely we 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 need to be more mindful of what's happening in the wider world now
3: yeah but the one thing I'll say is that from marriage equality onwards, those referendums I personally feel motivated younger people to get involved in politics and see what can be changed in ways that has not happened in other European countries. in fact, I would nearly say that our vaccination rates are so high because we are so used to making big decisions about how we're going to change our laws how we're going to change what our what our basic legal text says and the impact that it has so in a way, I know it's criticising the amount of referendums that we have, but, and look, I love a good referendum. There's nothing better than a good referendum if you're a political and legal nerd to begin with. But it has activated young people. It has made them see the impact and the repercussions, and then they just look across the water over to England or the UK and see what what's happening there with Brexit. So even though I do give out about younger people, like not knowing the nitty-gritty in and out of news, uh, especially politics I think if we dressed it up more like Home and Away or Carnation Street they, they, or even Love Island, uh, they they might click with it better. But in fairness, with the big issues, they do know what's going on. And more importantly, knowing than knowing what's going on, they care about what's going on. So I I do have a kind of a I, I'm very proud of Ireland, the way that we do address these issues. But there does come the time where you go, we have to fight again. And unfortunately, anything good never came easy. And that's like with your career, your degree, but also the country and the type of culture that you want and the rights that you want as well.
0: Yeah. Right. um listen folks i'm gonna leave it there i'm really delighted that you took the time to talk to us Je- jennifer karen and evie it's it's been a pleasure uh the links are in this folks so you can read the submission from mark you can make your own submission you can you can get involved and you know and, and i do want to end on 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 a hopeful note that i do I. you're right jennifer a lot of people i were exercised by these things educated by these things and dragged into um dragged into these and that can't that 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 infrastructure hasn't gone away and that, that Muscle memory hasn't gone away, so I, so it can be done, and like we want to, we want to remain optimistic. And these these are the challenges that face us, no more than so many other challenges that face us. But we'll be back later on. I believe I have Maria Mesensava, the Ukrainian government MP. Um, so this folks, a lot coming at you. Apologies for the amount of emails you get that I can't help, but I, I just keep doing them. Talk to you all very very soon. Take care. Bye bye. Tony and Martin, Martin and Tony.
3: It's the Echo Chamber Podcast. Subscribe
1: now on page.